0: Hey y'all. I'm Donna and I'm Carrie
1: and we are paranormal chicks.
0: Sinister sightings 143. No intro,
1: just sickness. That's what we have.
0: I mean, it's literally, well Donna had covid, um, but I have this upper respiratory bullshit that is literally never ending. We
1: say covid differently. I say covid and you say covid.
0: Okay, the things that you drive around, like a car, a truck, what's the big what's the big word for that? A vehicle? Yeah. People made, used to make fun of me because I said because I say vehicle, but they say it's vehicle. Oh, so I was gonna say, do you say vehicle, oh. or since you don't say COVID,
1: you said it my way. This what time. how do I say it? You say COVID. I say COVID. You say COVID. COVID. Yeah, like that. No, run it back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very proper, though. Like
0: oh, well, that is not <laughs> ever the case with me.
1: And I mean, I mean, we've heard COVID for forever but like when you say it i'm like oh is that really how you're supposed to say it
0: definitely not if (laughs) if i'm saying it a different way it's because it's wrong i don't know sometimes you're right i said sometimes i do y'all if you could have seen me i have whiplash from how quickly (laughs) i looked at her when she said i'm right because of course
1: she didn't hear the sometimes
0: i heard you say all the time Uh uh-huh well since we don't have an intro let's jump right in This one's called a not-so-sinister sightings. Hey, gals, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, and I've always meant to send an email in about a few paranormal experiences, but I'm lazy, and typing it all out is sometimes daunting. But fuck all that, here we go. To start off, my family has kind of an odd dynamic that's pertinent to the story. My dad's parents split and remarried other people, and so did my mom's parents. And then I had an older couple that loved my family and became like pseudo-grandparents to my sister and I. So I had like five different sets of grandparents growing up. My mom was never really close to her family, so my dad's side is where I spent most of my time. My grandpa died when I was 11. My grandma, dad's mom, died when I was 17, and my adopted grandma died when I was 22, I was really close to my adopted grandma and my dad's mom. I spent weeks at a time during the summers over at either of their houses. I used to be babysat when I was little by my dad's mom, and man, was she a character. Just to give you some insight, she was about five feet tall, beer chugging, loud, Beatles listening, hilarious woman. She would tell me stories that would have me laughing so hard I would cry. She taught me how to play cards and I learned how to not make her mad because she could be like a firecracker. Needless to say, when she died in 2011, I was heartbroken. She was closest to me in my family as my dad grew up with his father and her daughter, my aunt, was awarded to her father in the divorce. My dad and his sister have different fathers. She always told me I was like her daughter she never got to have. It wasn't long after she passed away that I began having dreams about her. I had these odd dreams that didn't make sense. Being over at her house, watching her drink, or lying next to her watching TV. Very mundane dreams that I would have periodically that reminded me that she is never too far away. Well, about a couple of years ago now, I had, my very, I had my very last dream about her. Something I'll never forget. I was a younger kid in the dream, and we, my grandma and I, were walking down the railroad tracks in my hometown. It was a bright day, sunny, happy. We were just talking sweet nothings, and I held her hand. We walked for what seemed like hours, and then I noticed an archway off to the side of the railroad tracks. When I pointed them out to my grandma, we walked over, and and paused in front of the archway. She gave me a huge, long hug and told me she loved me and told me that she has to go and I can't come with her. It was at this point in my dream that I began to cry because I realized this was a dream and she was gone and tearfully said a goodbye and I woke up. This was my grandma's way of spending one last night with me and I'm thankful every day that she did because I always felt guilty that I never got to say goodbye to her before she passed. I have many more stories, most of them about my other grandma who talks to me from beyond the grave still and a couple run-ins with the paranormal and energy that I might write about later. Thank you both very much for your podcast and helping keep me sane, especially through the last year of craziness. Your podcast makes me feel so much less alone in the world that often speaks ill of people who are sensitive to the paranormal. Your skepticism is okay, Carrie. Thank you for reading this exceptionally long email. Creep it real with love, Crystal E. I've got to be the... The wrong one. No, the rational to your irrational. Uh Uh-huh. The calm to your fire. That made no sense. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. But sometimes you get carried away. I gotta uh-huh. gotta rein you back in. You know, we gotta balance each other uh-huh. out. But grandma dreams, I 100% believe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And I've had a dream about my sister and we were doing mundane things. Like seriously, we were in her old truck and, uh, going to Michael's and we couldn't find a close parking spot and stuff. But, I what you know and then like i woke up and that was it and i was like what kind of dream was that but like just a mundane thing because we always went to michael's
0: yeah your uh Lori was really good about getting like the um rainy day rain check things Uh uh-huh we definitely want to hear all your stories yes send them all freaking in, especially the grandmas. I love like stories of people who have passed like that. All right. This one is the
1: time I thought my dad abandoned me and he thought I was kidnapped. Hey ladies, I hope you enjoyed the story of the unwelcome visitors my fiance and I have experienced. Once again, as promised, here's a story of when my dad thought I was kidnapped. This is one of those cliffhangers where just like, uh she just said like Mm -hmm. oh yeah I have this it was and then I do have this story where my dad thought I was kidnapped and we're like send it in well she did my parents got divorced when I was young so growing up it was just my dad and I once my brother moved out each year my dad would buy Six Flags Whitewater Bay and Frontier Season Pass for him my nephew, and myself. We would go to Frontier City and Whitewater Bay almost every weekend in the summer. My dad would also save up all of his PTO from work and take two weeks off to take all three of us to Dallas to go to the Six Flags over Texas. All of these are some of my greatest memories, to be honest. My family would have reunions every other year near San Antonio, so we took advantage of being down there already and went to Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Near the end of the day, there was a roller coaster I really wanted to ride, but my dad didn't feel like it, so he let me go ahead and waited for me. To my 10 year old self, the line was taking forever and I decided it wasn't worth it anymore. So I just went back the way I came. I went to the bench I thought my dad would be at, but he wasn't there. I went cold and started freaking out internally. I went back to the entrance and looked around. No dad. I went to what I thought was the exit and no dad. Some of the workers noticed me, a random little girl walking alone and visibly shaken, and asked if I was okay. I started crying and said I couldn't find my dad. I was supposed to go on the ride behind us, but I didn't want to anymore, so I came back to where I last saw my dad and I couldn't find him. This poor worker was trying to calm me down and was about to call security when I looked around and saw my dad. I ran to him immediately and cry yelled that I couldn't find him, cue the happy music. Well, remember how I went to the exit of the ride and looked around? Well, it had trees and bushes along the pathway and I didn't realize the exit was actually further back and my dad was waiting there for me to get off the ride. He became suspicious after three sets of passengers came through the exit, but no me. He started freaking out thinking I was taken by someone. He ran out to the common area to look for me and there I was crying to the Dippin' Dots cart lady. So yeah, that's the time me being an impatient child caused my dad to think I was kidnapped.
0: Anyways, love y'all and creep it real, Kayla. Reason 743 million while I can't have kids because that gives me so much fucking anxiety. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know how you give your kid independence and not have a fucking heart attack.
1: Right? Yes. Sometimes I, I go... Like I go down a rabbit hole in my thoughts when Marley's outside for too long cuz she normally doesn't stay outside. Yeah. And I'm like, what if she like what if the gate wasn't locked and she got out and she's gone, you know? And then I look and she's like in like a
0: blind spot, you know? And I'm yeah. like I go out there and I'm like, "Wait, where are you?" I do the same thing with Jackson. I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my god, he's gotten out. He's gotten out. He's gotten out." Yeah. And like He's just around the corner. Yeah, like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I know. Same. Meanwhile, you literally weren't there, though. Yeah. And, I mean, all those, like, criminal minds, all of that, that's the where they take you from. Yes. Those parks and all that. Uh-uh. Yes. Uh-uh. I was always up
1: my mom's ass. So, like, she never had to worry about that besides the time that I thought she left me. And, you know, she was asleep in the same room that I was fucking in, but she was asleep with my brother in another bed. Mm -hmm. And I walked to the store because I was like, bitch ain't leaving me behind. (laughs) Tell me
0: you're codependent without telling me you're codependent. Girl, so bad.
1: I know I've told that story on here
0: before. Yeah, you have, I think. (laughs) Yeah, you have, I think. I don't know, but Tiffany just squealed. I know Uh, she did because she loves hearing that story. She sure does. Okay, the next one is called West Virginia Creepy. First of all, I just wanted to say I love you both. I listened to you while working. You both seem so genuine and that's what I love. So this isn't so much a paranormal story, but a creepy story. Boy, do you have them fooled, Donna? That I'm not genuine? <laughs> Just
1: kidding. I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> if y'all could have seen her face, it was like, literally, what she said. What?
1: <laughs> well, at first I was like, "I mean, they know I'm creepy," but then I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> genuine? I am. I'm genuinely creepy
0: <laughs> and annoying." But let's. I My Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm nine years old. My aunt had just passed away. So being young, my mom didn't want me hanging around that much. They do things differently in that part of West Virginia. They have the dead in a church for a few days. My mom had me go to the dentist with my dad. We went next door to a dollar store. I bought a pack of items for my Barbie doll. I hated them, but that's what I had.
1: I love Barbie dolls and I loved... Getting the packages with their hairbrush,
0: a little outfit, different shoes. In the package was a miniature basket of flowers. I thought, okay, I could put these on the grave. We arrived back at my aunt's house. I showed my mama the flowers and asked if I could put them on my grandparents' grave since we'd be right there. Of course, she said yes. The next day, we went to the burial place to pay our respects. I placed the miniature flower basket between my mama and papa's grave as they were buried side by side. We left the graveyard and drove home. As we drove up the driveway, I asked my mom what was on the picnic table. She had no clue. It was almost glowing. We all got out of the vehicle and started walking through the yard. I stopped dead in my tracks. My mama was like, oh God, what's wrong? All I could do was point. There on the table was the very flower basket I had just placed on their grave. I asked my mama, how? She had no clue. There's no way any of us put it there. We were the last ones to leave the graveyard. It was there when we left. So, how did it get there? No one but my family knew I had placed it there, as we were the only ones there. There was no way it could have been put there by me or anyone else. I hated Barbie dolls and, until that day, had never purchased any items for them. I have tons of other stories, some very creepy, some just strange, and some that will make you have nightmares. And have to sleep with the lights on. Thank you both for all you do. Keep creeping on. Thank you, Brandy L. Well, that's creepy as fucking that fuck. That is creepy.
1: Who did it? One, why didn't they want your flowers?
0: They didn't. They wanted to give them back to her. uh
1: uh-huh. They were like, oh, no thanks.
0: No, they were like, it's a kind gesture, but take them. You're a kid. Keep your flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: weird as fuck. And I want to hear all the creepy stories. And I want them to be extra scary where I have to sleep with the lights on.
0: Also, like, why was it glowing? Right? I
1: don't know. I say that's fucking paranormal. That's not just creepy. That's fucking paranormal. The next one goes, Hi, Donna, Carrie, and the APC crew. I've been listening to the podcast for the better part of a year, and I have been loving it so much. In fact, I have to have it on while I sleep at night. And no, I've never had nightmares from doing this.
0: One of my co-workers' husbands listens Like when he when he's going to bed, he listens to podcasts, and we were one of them in his list of podcasts until um, our intro music woke him up. What too many times scared him, (laughs) (laughs) and he took us out of his rotation. (laughs) (laughs) So now he listens not at night. Yeah, I think he better. Yes.
1: I have to say, I've even woke myself up laughing when I hear you both laughing hysterically. Now that's funny. I just have to share a couple of stories that have happened that aren't super sinister, but maybe worth a laugh. I've been a nanny for a family with three children for four years. And while I know kids make up some crazy stories, these take the cake for me. My first story involves the middle child. He had probably just turned three when this took place. I was pushing him in the swing at the park next to another kid and his father. This was well before COVID. My nanny kid says something to me and I can't hear it, so I have him repeated a few times. And after the third time, I stopped the swing and asked him what he's trying to tell me. He straight up said, I'll miss you when you die. The dad next to me starts to chuckle and I tried to play it off and I responded, oh, I'll miss you too, buddy. He's tried to choke me out several times since then, but I'm still alive. Oh my God. <laughs> what goes on in kids' brains? Like, oh, she's pushing me. Oh, this is great. I'm going to miss her when she dies. <laughs> I don't like, know. <laughs> oh, gosh. My second story involves the oldest child of my nanny family. The family just built a house and the kids have been struggling with some sleep regression since moving in. The oldest child told me a story about the skeleton in her closet that the drywallers left for her and now it comes out and plays with her little sister and then when the sun comes up, it goes back into her wall. She also says that there is a space that only her little hand can fit into to open the door for her skeleton friend. It started to freak me out so I asked their mother about said skeleton. Their mother was joking around with her and told her that there was a skeleton in the wall and the kid made up the rest of the story. Needless to say, my nanny kids have wild imaginations and come up with new ways to scare the piss out of me. Anyway, thank you for giving me something to look forward to every Monday and Thursday. I recently joined the Facebook group and I'm loving being part of this community. Creepin' Real Ladies, Amanda O. What the hell? There's only a space that my little hand can reach in and uh-uh, uh-uh. No, <laughs> God, kids say the creepiest shit. They they truly do. Yes, <laughs> there's a skeleton that the drywallers left for me.
0: <laughs> How do you come up with this shit? That's some shit you just said as a kid. Hey, y'all, lifelong sensitive here. I want to start by saying I love y'all's vibe and love listening to your podcast. I have been debating on whether or not to write in. What the hell? I have two hours to kill, so here we go. I have always been sensitive. Most of my experiences were when I was under five years old, although my energy sensitivity bleeds into today. My oldest memories were me as a baby before I could speak, which was really an odd feeling because I knew what I wanted to say, but I didn't have the ability to speak yet. Anyway, This story involves me and my father and his parents. My parents divorced when I was three years old.
1: We've got a lot of divorced uh, parents this time.
0: Yeah. During that time, I was also being sexually assaulted by a young family member. Needless to say, I had a lot going on. My dad was having a hard time as well and felt the need to put up a picture of his parents on our fridge, being that he was hurting and wanted to feel closer to them. They both died in his 20s, long before I was conceived. One day, shortly after he put up the picture... I, three-year-old me, noticed them and pointed to them and say, that's grandma and grandpa. My dad was floored by this because this was the first time a picture of them was up in the house and he had never told me about them before. He asked me how I knew that was them, to which I replied, they visit me in my room at night. My dad obviously broke down with emotion and shocked that his daughter was being visited by his parents. My dad isn't a skeptic and has always embraced my abilities and been interested in ghosts. He tells people this story often. I want to add that I do very much remember this happening still to this day. I would be in my crib and my grandma would sit in a wood and wicker rocking chair that I had in my room. She would talk and keep me calm. My grandfather would come in on some occasions. He never spoke, but always smiled and and was just listening to grandma talk to me. He was always in some kind of a military gear. He would come and go, never have anything to say, just there to see me and give comfort. I remember their faces. Being an adult now and realizing all the things I was going through at such a young age, I truly appreciate the fact that they were there to bring moments of pure love. I think it made my dad feel good too. This is a feel good story. I have more creepy stories to come. Thanks for reading my experience. Feel free to use my name. Kayla B. from Raleigh, North Carolina. Creep it real, beautiful souls.
1: I think that's so
0: sweet that they were there
1: to comfort you when you were going through something very horrific.
0: Yes, it's exactly what you need. Like you said, like that pure love and comfort. Mm -hmm. And that sounds
1: like what a grandma and grandpa would do. Like...
0: Yeah, she's there, more comforting. He's like the silent type.
1: Yeah, and just kind of like looking and smiling, enjoying it, but like not really contributing to the conversation, but just like, oh, look mm-hmm. at them. Like, this is so silly, but I would look at Carrie and Marley, because they would be, like, laying together or whatever, and be like, my two girls. And, like, that's what I feel like he was doing. Yeah. She's
0: she's not lying. She would literally say that about <laughs> me and
1: her dog. <laughs> well, of course, because they'd be, like, laying down together. And it was just sweet. How'd you get through grad school, Carrie? I took naps at Donna's. <laughs> Okay, the next. This one is titled Sinister Sightings. Cunt nuggets need not apply. I do not know where this one's going. All I know is you don't need to apply, Carrie. Yes, motherfucker. (laughs) Hi, creepy kindred spirits. I love you and your podcast. All the banter is my jam. Sinister sightings make me giddy and y'all are kicking ass. I'm a newer listener and am currently on episode 38, lots of catching up to do, and felt compelled to tell you my true crime story. Call me Mary Jane. Call me Mary Jane. Yes, I love getting motherfucking stoned. And after you read this, you'll say, "Yup." same. I apologize for this being so damn long. You can edit it as needed. First and foremost, my mother is the devil. She used me as a punching bag from about 13 to 14 years old and finally told me she didn't want me. So I left at 16. Onto the streets I went. Another fucked up story for a different time. I had just turned 17 when I met this dick cheese cut nugget shit excuse for a human. He was 19 and had his own apartment. So when he asked me to move in after three days, I immediately accepted because I was desperate to get off the streets. I do not remember exactly what set him off the first time he hit me outside of him being a piece of fucking shit. But I had been with him almost a month. I had been laying on the couch and he straddled my chest and started slapping me really fucking hard. I could taste the blood in my mouth. All while one of his friends sat and watched, I was terrified to say the least. He constantly threatened my life saying he'd kill me if I ever tried to leave him. He was so possessive he made me get his name tattooed and ended up getting a gun. So a bitch was fucking scared shitless. The beatings continued for about six-ish months. Timeframes are around about as now I'm in my oldies. And the abuse escalated to rape really quick. By this time, we had moved. His uncle was a real estate guy and had us staying at one of his empty properties. Just to set the stage, picture it. There is a main house completely empty, and then there is a guest house in the back where we were staying in exchange for upkeep of the property. I got up the nerve to plan my breakaway. I stored a small bag in one of the empty kitchen cabinets of the main house. The cut nugget found it, dragged me into the house by my hair, started punching me, dragged me into one of the empty rooms and beat me so badly I passed out. The last thing I remember is his foot coming down towards my face. When I came to, I was in excruciating pain all over and my eyes were burning from blood running into them. I slowly started to sit up when cut nugget walked into the room. As I was sobbing, he started crying, apologizing to me. Of course, it was pure horseshit, and I knew I had to do something. I tried calling my mom. She hung up on me when she heard me on the line. I couldn't call the cops because I was technically a runaway. I know, so fucking stupid. Once I could finally walk about three days after this beating, I put on some shades trying to cover up my two black and blue eyes and walked to the corner liquor store. I had befriended the owner, let's call him Black Panther, as I was usually there every day getting a Lucy, a single cigarette. He commented on my absence and I started sobbing. He pulled me aside and said he could see the bruises. I finally was able to get a few words out and I was trembling uncontrollably. Black Panther asked me to write down the address of the house and he would figure something out, but be sure to come back to the store the following day. I did as he said and returned the next day for another Lucy. He said he had spoken with a female friend and handed me some pills, told me to put them in a drink to make him sleep, and they would meet me that night at the house at 11. I did as told. Come 11, Cut Nugget was passed out, and I heard a light tapping on the kitchen window. I looked to see Black Panther with a woman, let's call her Wonder Woman, next to him. I quietly open the back door, and he tells me to go with Wonder Woman, and he heads inside. Wonder Woman drives off with me to her home. What exactly Black Panther did with or to Cut Nugget, I do not know, and I never ask. But they were saving me, so I did not care. They took care of me for a while, a long while, because I reached my next birthday with them. Happy ending? No. I happened to run into Cut Nugget on the street one day as I was heading to the bus stop. Mind you, I was not anywhere near where all the other bullshit happened. I froze in place when I heard his voice from behind calling me a nickname he had given me. He circled around me and I must have looked like I was a deer in headlights. He pulled out a knife and I could not find my voice. I was frozen. He starts apologizing for how he treated me and I was smart to have escaped him. This bitch had the nerve to start crying pleading for forgiveness and slits his motherfucking wrist in front of me. Oh my God. I never saw that much blood at once before. He collapsed to the ground. This is when my brain turned back on and I fucking bolted. I never looked back. I immediately went to where I was staying, which was a rented room, packed up whatever I could fit into a backpack, left a note for the homeowner and relocated. I never heard from him again. But I still live looking over my shoulder to this day. And my mother's attitude to this day is still trash. Fast forward, and I'm a proud mommy of two great kids, and I have grandma fever. I'm about to be 44. Woot woot. One almost adult son, one adult daughter, and I recently got married. Okay, enough of this sappy shit. Whatever, whatever. Creep it real and don't get scared, you booty-licious extra-large pizzas. (laughs) Guess that makes me a large pizza. Good thing my husband is from New York and loves
0: him a slice. All my creepy kindred spirit love, Mary Jane. Love ya. There were so many parts of that story that I can't even, I don't even know where to break it down. But my first thought, aside from the piece of fucking shit that you were with, his piece of fucking shit friend who sat there and just watched it, there's a special place in hell for you. Yes. Like, how do you just sit there and watch that? Participating in and being the one doing the abuse, that's a whole nother ballgame. But like, literally, how do you just sit there and watch that?
1: Yeah. Well, that friend was friends with a piece of fucking shit. So there's that. I'm so glad you got out of that situation. And I'm so glad that you were able to confide in a friend. Yes. That kind of reminded me of... um, If you say enough... It was? Yeah, enough. hmm Wow. It just, oh, it makes me so sad that your mom hung up on you, like, when you were reaching out.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, for you to have made that call, that was a hard enough decision. Yes. And then for her to do exactly what I'm sure you were afraid of her doing mm-hmm. is awful. And the fact that you couldn't call for help because you were runaway, away, you know, it's like... Yeah, Like, while I understand that, the legality of it, it's like, no, but you're runaway for a reason. Like, yeah, like you left a shitty situation. For a worse one. I don't know. Well, which yeah, worse. I don't
1: know which one is either.
0: Wow. I'm so sorry that you've gone through all that. Thank you so much for sharing because I know there are going to be people who find themselves in your story and hopefully get strength from your strength. Yes. Okay, the next one is called Frank the Ghost. Hey, y'all. I just started listening to your podcast. I think I'm on episode 14 or 15, but I feel like y'all are my long lost sisters. I felt such a connection with your sense of humor and your friendship with each other. Anyway, I'm going to stop gushing now and get down to business to defeat the hunts.
1: Oh, did they say that? Yes. Okay, because I was like literally doing it in my head.
0: (laughs) My name is Jess. You can use it on the podcast. All the other names have been changed and a few other details since the world is full of crazy folks. Okay, it's time to tell you about the one, the only, Frank.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, you did that so good. It sounded like the. Yeah. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. You
0: sounded like blues. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You do it. (laughs) (laughs) I just did. It's a one and done. If I try to do it again, I'm going to suck it up. Burr, 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 burr. See, it sucks. <laughs> okay. Frank is the family poltergeist. Well, at least we think he's a poltergeist. He goes way back with our family. Apparently, my grandma had stuff happen to her. But she will never talk about it, so not a lot to tell. Starting with my mom's stories. When my mom was around 10 or 12, they were living in a house that they were renovating, and for whatever reason, my grandpa had my mom and my sister sleep in the basement. This wasn't one of those fancy, fun basements. (laughs) No, this is a creepy-ass basement that had an old boiler in one corner and a single light that was in the middle of the room where you had to pull the string to turn it on.
1: Uh Uh-uh. Nothing about that sound good.
0: One night they were sleeping and my mom was having a dream that someone was standing over her bed and leaning to hover right over her, but she was laying on her stomach and couldn't see who it was. All of a sudden, this figure slaps her in the middle of the back, which jolts her awake. She starts screaming when she realizes that her back actually hurts, which wakes up my aunt who runs over and lifts my mom's shirt up. And my aunt sees a huge red handprint in the middle of my mom's back. Terrified, they ran to the trailer my grandparents were staying in and told them what happened. And Well, they weren't the best parents. They basically said, you're just dreaming, go back to bed. I should also throw in a note saying that my grandparents were old school Catholic at the time. My mom has a few other stories, but since it's already a novel, I'm just going to say that Frank was always hanging out around her, but never malicious again. Now, time for my stories. I have so many, but I'm gonna do a few quick ones. Starting off, my older brother played all the sports, and my parents were always at his games, leaving me home alone from about 11 years old on. That's when Frank started fucking with me. He's a bit of a jokester, he would make the Tupperware fly out of the cabinet move things into other rooms. His favorite thing was to steal your car keys and hide them. Basically anything that would get attention. When it first started happening, I told my mom about it and that's when she filled me in on Frank. She went on to say that he only does that when he wants attention. So whenever you hear something, just go, ha ha, Frank, you got me, very funny. And then Frank would return the car keys he stole and he would stop for a while. I do have to say he was good at finding things as well. I can't tell you how many times I couldn't find something and I would ask Frank where it was and if he could help me find it. Then I would leave the room and when I returned a few minutes later, whatever I was looking for would be smack in the middle of the room. After I told my mom, she decided to talk to my dad about it and they had been married at that point for almost 15 years and she'd never brought it up thinking it was just affecting her. My dad called bullshit. He didn't believe in any of that stuff and thought it was a little ridiculous that my mom had brought me into this. Until one day, my dad gets home from work and my mom was at my brother's game and I was at a friend's, so my dad was alone in the house. Just like every other day, he sat in the same chair, took off his work boots and put them in the same spot he had done since the beginning of time. Then when it was time to feed the animals, he went to put his boots back on and they were gone. He looked everywhere. And nothing, not a zippo. He finally just put on other shoes, and when he opened the front door, his boots were sitting right on our front porch, facing away from the house. I think Frank was like, Oh, you don't believe in me? Well, I guess I gotta show you the way out. Another time, I think I was about 16 at the time, I was hanging out with one of my best friends, Becca, watching 21 Jump Street, just chilling like the cool kids we were. My mom was at another game for my brother, and I was on the phone with my dad who was on his way home from work. Sidebar, as the girl who didn't have brothers and always had crushes on the brothers, I was like, I wonder if Becca had a crush on your brother. <laughs> oh my God. I was so, still am, boy crazy. I
1: was about to say, don't say
0: your word. Literally every time we see somebody, Colby's like, did you have a crush on him? <laughs> did you have a crush on him too? And the answer is yes. Yes. Out of nowhere, there was this bang. It sounded like all the doors in the world slamming at once. The whole house shook like it was a fucking earthquake. Both of us jumped up and still on the phone with my dad, not wanting to freak him out, told him to get the Chinese food for dinner and I need to get back to the movie then hung up the phone. Becca books it down the hallway where the bedrooms were. I run to the place we had a gun. Side note, I was properly shown how to use a gun in a gun safety class. Also, my dad is a certified instructor So, all in the up and up. We just live on a farm surrounded by crackheads. So, I grab the gun and head outside to see if Psycho Joe is trying to steal some shit again, but checked everywhere and there was nothing. I go back inside and Becca is coming down the hall with a scared shitless look and I kind of joked with her and said, what, you get afraid and left me to deal with this shit alone? She said, no, I heard somebody walking down the hallway and thought someone was in the house. That's when it clicked that it was just fucking Frank up to his old shit again. I had already explained that whole story to her, and let's just say that's the last time friends stayed at my house. After that, I always went to their houses. I was helping my dad chop and stack wood one day. I was loading the wheelbarrow when out of the corner of my eye, I see a black figure walking from my house to the driveway. I put the piece of wood I was holding into the wheelbarrow and turned around thinking it was my dad. There was nobody there. So I walked out the driveway, which is long and straight, surrounded by fields, and didn't see anybody. So I went to the woodshed and asked dad if he had just walked to the road, and he said, no, I've been here stacking wood the whole time. And you guessed it, my mom was at another game with my brother, so she wasn't there. I have no idea what I saw. It was just a split second but it was tall sorry, but it was a tall shadow person and might have been one of those old-timey hats on it but I can't remember clearly. To wrap this long ass email up when I went to college Frank followed me and would do the same shit to my roommate freaking her the fuck out but I never told her about Frank because well she smelled bad and never cleaned her side of the dorm. So Frank and I were done with her shit. Then I stayed at a friend Jane's house one night to get away from the nightmare roommate for a minute, and Jane, who shared my love of all things spooky, knew about Frank. And right after that night, Frank wasn't around anymore. I don't know how I knew, but driving back to the dorm, I knew he wasn't with me anymore. Fast forward like five years, and Jane and I ended up working at the same place and hadn't talked to her in years but the first thing she said to me was, when the hell are you going to come get Frank? Because he's been at my house since you left. Uh, Safe to say, I'm not going to be visiting her anytime soon. I think Frank's going to be pissed I didn't pick him up after I moved out of the dorm with the stinky ass roommate. Well, I think that's all the stories I can fit into this email. I have some crypto stories, too, if you want to read those, like a devil dog encounter and Bigfoot throwing rocks at me. Also, true crime story about when I was about four or five, I made eye contact with a guy who had just shot a cop and while he was stealing my neighbor's car at gunpoint. And there weren't too many grammar errors. I haven't written this much since college. Anywho's, love your podcast. Keep doing your thing. Jess. Okay, so is Frank... Like a uh, were those little fairy things? Imps. Yes, I wonder if he was one of those. I don't know because he like mischievous. Yes, and he was good at like finding things uh-huh, and uh-huh. hiding them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wonder because I feel like poltergeist would be a little more like conniving. Yeah, you know, he was like like a fucking kid, like a yeah, like a five year old being like hee-hee-hee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like a poltergeist is more of like a fourteen year old main girl right yes man your poor friend got fucking stuck with him too i know <laughs> but
1: i would bet i would be
0: the same way i'd be
1: like i ain't coming back for him though
0: sorry about you and i feel like a poltergeist wouldn't just like jump people like that. right yeah and sit in all that shit you were talking about uh-huh y'all got so many damn stories i know i don't have one i mean i'm cool with it but
1: uh-huh don't be don't be including me in that last one this one's titled, The One Time I Accidentally Named Our Resident Ghost. Hey ladies, I'm just going to jump right in. When my daughter was just learning to talk, we were in the kitchen and I was defrosting meat in the microwave. My daughter asks, well, what that sound? So obviously, I replied, the microwave. This kid walks over to the door to the dining room and looks up at the top of the door and says, hi Mike. She apparently got Mike from microwave and heard something I obviously did not. Cue me nearly shitting my pants. This child continues to talk to Mike and invite his creepy ass to dinner every night. Till one night I was cooking and she was talking to the door, aka Mike. Then out of nowhere, she hauls off and kicks the door. What? I'm like, what was that about? She simply says Mike was being mean, so she kicked him and isn't going to talk to him anymore. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I mean, scary as
0: fuck. You know what it kind of reminds me of, um, because I can relate anything back to TV, but it reminds me of this episode of The Nanny, where the youngest daughter, Gracie, has an imaginary friend, and um fran the nanny like eats the imaginary friend because it was sitting on a cookie and at the you know when they like take cuz you know the the daughter goes to counseling and all of that and like when they're in therapy she's like so why did fran eat the imaginary friend And it came out, like, because the daughter was getting what she needed from her relationship with Fran after her mom had died. She didn't need the imaginary friend anymore. Mm. And so, I mean, again, I know this is just TV and not real psychology, but I feel like it kind of is. You know, like, she was able to move on from that coping mechanism. And I wonder if, like, your daughter was ready to move on if Mike was an imaginary friend, like if she was ready to move on from having an imaginary friend and it was just easier for her to process like, hey, I'm actually mad at him. So boy, bye. Yeah. Or you really have a ghost and he's a dickhead. (laughs) I
1: don't know, but that would have freaked me the fuck out. But like, what was that sound? And then you say it and then she's like, oh, let me go over. Hey, Mike. No.
0: Yeah, like, what did you, what did she hear? I don't right. know. So many questions. And
1: then I love that you said, invited his creepy ass to dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> over and over and over Yes, again. uh-uh. Um, I don't know what reason we were up to to not have kids, but that one I feel like is pretty high on the list. Uh-huh. They'd be saying some creepy ass shit. Uh-huh. Thank y'all for sending in these amazing stories. Y'all always bring it with the best. Thank y'all so much. If you want your story read on an episode, send it in to us at at gmail.com or you can go to the website, do contact us, and send it in that way. But more importantly, remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.